live from an undisclosed location, this is the Gribble Nation Roadcast. Hello, and welcome to another uh, exciting episode of the Gribble Nation Roadcast, uh, powered by Anchor FM. Uh, this is uh, Doug. Uh, Recording this episode from a very undisclosed location in the middle of nowhere in upstate New York. <laughs> uh, although the episode that we're rec- I'm recording is not about New York at all, although it does involve a road that goes through New- upstate New York, and that is US 20. And today we're going to talk about US 20 on the West Coast in uh, the uh, great state of Oregon, uh, which is actually where. US 20 begins in uh, on the uh, Newport, Oregon, on the Oregon coast, uh, you know, where it meets uh, US 101, and you have the uh, Queen of Bay Bridge, you have Nye Beach, um, and you have you know, the vast Pacific Ocean. But the reason why we say US 20 begins in Oregon, as opposed to ends in Oregon, is I believe it, it was a... Um, letter that came from a um, girl in an elementary school, I believe it was, who uh, basically said, you know, why is there no begin US-20 sign or something along those lines? And uh, somehow that uh, caught wind and uh, wound up being the case where they put up a begin US-20 sign on US-101, where it meets uh, US-20 in Newport. And you can probably get more information on that if you go to uh, the great uh, website run by Brian Farr of Historic Route 20, which is a historic US20.com. Uh, uh, always uh, give them a visit if you're uh, planning a trip up and down US-20. Um, and no, they're not sponsored. Uh, they're, they're just a friend of the podcast and the blog. Uh, but anyways, uh, let's talk about US-20. Um, so we're going to start in Newport and work our way east to the state board in Idaho and you know, basically go through the Oregon Coast Range. You go through the Willamette Valley, through the Cascades, through the high desert of Central Oregon, and then into eastern Oregon, and then you know, basically continue out in Idaho. But in Newport, you know, basically, I mean, it's, um, it's a classic uh, Pacific uh, Coast seaport. Um, if you like clam chowder, you can you know, definitely get a bowl of clam chowder from Moe's. Uh, that's actually probably the place I would go to. There's a few locations in the Oregon coast, and you know, that's the one that's in the seaport. And you can also see, you know, like the uh, the traps for, I don't want to say lobster. They look like lobster traps, so I think they're more like crab traps or you know, something like that. Um, yeah, basically, it's uh, you know, a lot of fishing there. Um, but, you know, basically from there, you continue east and then you know, basically hit Toledo, which I believe was named after Toledo, Oregon. Uh, but then you're you know, continuing on uh, from there. And, um, you know, U.S. 20 a few years ago, they built a bypass around uh, some of the towns uh, like Eddyville and uh, Chitwood. Um, so, you know, basically you can just kind of bypass all of that and you're, you're in a hurry. Uh, but if you're like me and you know, basically if you're not in a hurry, sometimes you like taking uh, the old road. Uh, you know, basically you can. It is, I think it's a state route now or something like that or like a 
Crystal Creek Loop, and it goes past Chitwood, which I was mentioning earlier, uh, which has a covered bridge, uh, the Chitwood Covered Bridge. And right near there, you'll see a wigwam burner. And the wigwam burners, um, what they uh, were for, it was actually a, uh, it kind of looks like a, like a silo of sorts. And basically they were used to dispose of waste wood and sawdust. You know, basically they would burn the excess wood and sawdust um, that, you know, they, um, you know, basically were trying to get rid of. Um, and it is uh, also known as a teepee burner or a beehive burner, probably because the, um, the top of it, you know, basically is open air, uh, but it's a steel structure. And I said, it kind of looks like a, a silo that's, um, probably the uh, best way I could uh, put it. Yeah, it's basically, it's, uh, they no longer really use them because it is, uh, you know, basically it's not really safe anymore. You know, basically there's environmental concerns. And of course, you know, if you're uh, familiar with the West, you know, there's also a lot of wildfires. So obviously there's fire uh, concerns as well. Uh, but if you continue on like this old, uh, Crystal Creek Loop, which is the old US-20, and then you go into Eddyville, and then you meet up back up with US-20, and then basically you're just going through, I want to say, like, the heart of the old, um, you know, basically the Cascades on that. But eventually you'll get, you know, basically into the Willamette Valley uh, from there. Um, so from that point, um, you would go into uh basically there's a few different towns um you know probably the uh, first town of note that you'll see is uh Philomath, uh which is um named after um yeah basically my understanding it is named after a greek word uh, basically which means lover of learning uh, which actually there was a college um in Philomath, which actually thinks that's where the uh Benton County Historical Society is now or something like that. But you can like see the old college and it's right on US 20 if you're going uh, westbound. Uh, but you know, basically you'll see a lot of, you know, basically the scenery, obviously lush green, you know, basically you'll see your Douglas fir trees and other uh, conifers. You'll see a lot of uh, moss in the area. It's basically, you know, it's wet. It is, um, you know, Western Oregon. So uh, you'll see that. And that is actually uh, another thing that you'll see in that area a little bit before is if you venture off a little bit you know, around where uh, US 20 meets uh, Oregon Highway uh, 223, um, you venture off for a few miles and then there's the Harris Covered Bridge. And it, there's a, a vineyard around there too. So if you like wine, you know, there's actually quite a few vineyards that you can visit. Uh, but right after uh, Plymouth is probably the biggest town of note that US-20 passes through the uh, in the Willamette Valley of Oregon, which is Corvallis, which is another, uh, basically, if you're familiar with Oregon State University, uh, that is uh, you know, basically where Oregon State University is located. Uh, but you'll also see things like uh, there's a Avery Park, and then there's a rose garden there which is uh nice to see uh but uh basically corvallis is latin meaning heart of the valley 
Um, but my understanding is that the original name was going to be Marysville because of the nearby Mary's Peak, which is the highest mountain in the Oregon Cascades. And you can see it from Corvallis. You know, basically, I found Corvallis, there's lots of hiking. You know, my mom lives about 30 miles uh, north of Corvallis. When, when I, so when I go visit Oregon, I usually uh, you know, take a day, go down to Corvallis for the day, you know, do a little bit of hiking. Um, yeah, basically, uh, taken one of the restaurants in downtown Corvallis. Um, it's a neat little place. Um, if you're in, uh, that part of the world, yeah, definitely stop and, uh, check it out. Uh, but from Corvallis, um, yeah, basically, you know, continuing east, um, yeah, basically you would, you, uh, actually kind of follow the Willamette River for a while and actually don't cross it until you get, uh, closer to Albany. Uh, but, you know, basically, um, right off of US-20, uh, Hewlett-Packard or HP, you know, they have a, um, they have an office or a plant there. So that's something a little bit interesting note, but you'll see a lot of different farms and uh, things like that. And then once you get into Albany, you'll cross over the Willamette River, which and then, of course, Albany, Oregon is named after. Uh, my uh, town where I live in Albany, New York. Um, of course, US 20 also goes through Albany, New York as well. So it's you know kind of a US 20 uh, connection, and you know it's also right on one of the main rivers in the state as well. So that is, I want to say, you know, a lot more similarities than you would think. Uh, but uh, after Albany, I mean Corvallis seems to have. I find a little bit more interesting things to go on going on it, but uh, Albany, Oregon, they have a historic carousel, which is, you know, we're seeing as well. Um, and then, you know, from there, you continue on East, you pass by uh, I-5, and then you'll also start seeing uh, signs here and there for the Santiam Wagon Road. Well, the uh, Santiam Wagon Road is a predecessor to uh, US-20 uh, through uh, Lynn County, uh, Oregon. Uh, which is, you know, where US-20 basically is from from Albany to, into the Cascades. And uh, there's a lot of segments of it that, you know, have been you know, basically now impassable, but every so often you'll see a sign, you know, saying Santiam Wagon Road. So if you want to follow the old wagon road, you can do that. Um, the uh, Santiam Wagon Road basically was built during the 1860s. Um, and operated as a toll road, basically. It was kind of a... Uh, trade route um it was a military road as you think you'll find in oregon you know basically a lot of the early roads were military roads um and uh basically it was built to go from the willamette valley you know past the cascades to um you know basically into central and eastern oregon so uh you'll see a lot of that as well uh, but, you know, when you, uh, you know, pass by uh, US-20, obviously, you know, it's farm country, it's flat, you know, Willamette is flat, it's got good rain, got, has a lot going for it for, uh, you know, farms and agriculture. So you'll see, and of course, timber. So you'll see a lot of that, you know, west of the Cascades, especially. And then you go through uh, Lebanon, which is a, another town basically goes along the uh, South Saniam River, um, which actually is... Actually, the South Saniam River, you know, basically is separate from the Santiam River for most of its length. 
um, as well. But of course, also a little bit off of US 20. Um, there's more covered bridges. Then they'll actually also uh, cover, uh, counter a few covered bridges, you know, once you along, along Route 20 or right off Route 20 as well, uh, going east from here. Uh, once you get into Sweet Home, for instance, that's the next town after Lebanon going east, venture off a few blocks and you have the Weddell covered bridge. And then you'll see a little bit further east um, still, um, there's also the Short covered bridge, which actually is named after someone named uh, Short. It's not necessarily a short bridge. And that goes over the South Sanian River. You can see that right off of it was 20. Uh, but you now from Sweet Home, um, you'll uh, basically you pass by the Foster Reservoir, uh, which is, I think it was built in the 1960s. And I think you know, there's also a few places where you can see the, an old alignment of Route 20 as well around there. But once you get past the reservoir, the road starts getting a little bit more windy as you uh, go further east. Um, and I was mentioning, uh, you can still see, you know, every so often signs for the um, south, uh, basically for the Santiam Wagon Road uh, from there. And then you know, once you get past the short covered bridge, a little bit on the left, you have Cascadia State Park. Uh, Cascadia State Park is you know, kind of the foothills of the Cascades. And the uh, draws there, there's you know waterfalls, and there's also an old Soda Spring. Uh, there's a gentleman who had built a, uh, basically a hotel in that area. And uh, basically it was um, the Geisendorf property. And it was uh, basically had an old Soda Spring, had an old hotel site. And then, you know, basically during the early 1900s, it was well known as a resort and watering spot because, you know, people, you know, basically at that time, you know, basically if it was like um, natural springs or what have you, and Oregon has a lot of those, uh, you know, basically a lot of people would, you know, go and visit the springs, you know, basically for health reasons and also for just, um, you know, basically, you know, relaxing, getting away from things. Uh, and then, of course, I was mentioning there's a waterfall there. There's uh, the Soda Creek Falls, which I've, you know, I've been to a lot of waterfalls, and I've been to Cascadia uh, State Park, but I haven't checked out the Soda Creek Falls. And there's a three-quarter mile trail, and I don't remember what the reason was why I didn't. I think maybe I was short on time because I was trying to get somewhere else um, or something like that. Um, so I think that might have been it. And of course, also, you can also see ruts from the historic Santiam Wagon Road in the park as well. So, um, you know, basically, you know, you have some history uh, to check out there. But, you know, once you get east of uh, Cascadia State Park, um, you know, basically you'll start seeing more of the Cascade scenery. Like there's a High Rock, which is a little bit, you know, past the park. And then so the road gets a little bit more windy and twisty and you know basically start going through the uh national forest there i think it's willamette national forest and then basically start going through passes you know like there's the tombstone pass which is actually not the highest uh point in the um on us 20 oregon but it comes pretty close and you have tombstone pass and you have santiam pass a little bit higher and further east in eastern oregon you have uh, the Sweetwater Pass. And, you know, basically that's the highest point if you go to 20 in Oregon. Uh, but you're definitely going through the Cascades at this point, And then you meet up with 
Uh, basically, there's uh, Oregon State Route 20, uh, 126, which actually was at one time US 126. And we venture a little bit uh, from there. And there's some waterfalls like Sahali Falls and Kusa Falls, which are on my list of things to see along the Tamil, the blue pool of Tamilich Falls. And then um, another way, if you wanted to just take a different way, uh, go through some um, extraordinary scenery uh, on your way back to US 20 and sisters, you can take uh, Oregon Highway um, 242, which is the Mackenzie Highway or it's like the volcanic um, Mackenzie Volcanic Highway or something like that. You basically go through a lot of like lava fields and stuff like that. And the roads basically just open uh, basically during the summer and into the early fall. And it's quite neat. I took it years ago. I wish I had pictures of it. Um, but this was before digital cameras. And I might have a couple of photos uh, basically sitting in a um, photo album in uh, uh, in a house in uh, Polk County, Oregon right now. So, but yeah, going back to US 20, you know, basically, you know, once you get out of, um, once you get, you know, basically to 126 and, you know, basically Oregon, you meet up with Oregon Route 22, uh, the over the river and through the woods, uh, scenic byway, you know, basically disappears. And then you start going through the Santee Ann Pass, uh, which I think is of US in U.S. 20 Oregon, I think that's probably the most um, dramatic stretch of highway between, um, you know, Oregon uh, Route 22 and Sisters. Uh, so basically for that, basically you go through the spine of the Cascades. Um, and then from there, um, you go, you know, see some different mountains, like there's Mount Washington. Um, you know, my, you see the Three Sisters, which, you know, are three different mountains. And of course, my favorite mountain uh, name probably ever, uh, Three Fingered Jack. <laughs> and, you know, that is, um, and it, that's, I just think it's a very fun name. But of course, you'll see some signs, you know, kind of pointing the mountains out to you. It's like, oh, there's Three Fingered Jack. And it supposedly looks like someone has three fingers or something like that. Uh, but, you know, basically from there, uh, you know, basically I said you'll descend up and down mountains, um, you know, the uh, Douglas fir trees, you know, basically that you'll find west of the Cascades start fading out. And then you'll start seeing, you know, the Ponderosa pines, which are uh, more conducive of a little drier climate, you know, basically because east of the Cascades, you know, basically things turn from forest to desert pretty quickly. Um, and from there, and then, you know, as going east, you'll pass by, um, you know, some, more mountains, you'll pass by um, so a volcanic, I think it's a volcanic mountain called uh, Black Butte. Um, that's supposed to have a really scenic hike up to the top. Um, I want to do that someday. And then from there, you start descending further and you go into uh, the town of Sisters, which is, it feels like an old West town almost. Um, I highly recommend visiting it. It basically just kind of has an old west feel to it um and uh from there we're going to take a, a break and then we're going to talk more about us 20 in oregon uh we'll catch you soon and we're back uh to the gribble nation roadcast uh powered by uh anchor fm uh we are talking about 
uh, US 20 in Oregon. Uh, I know first part of the episode, and you were talking about uh, basically from the Pacific Coast to the Cascades, and now we're going to talk about Central and Eastern Oregon, which is, you know, you'll find a very different vibe uh, from, you know, the for uh, like the Douglas fir forests and the farms of, um, yeah, basically the west, you know, west of the Cascades. So, uh, basically, starting from uh, Sisters, Oregon, I was mentioning uh, earlier, it's a very, uh, you know, basically it has a feel, an old Western feel to it. Uh, but you know, basically, you know, further east, you go to Bend, which is you know the the biggest city of the. Um, basically in central Oregon and has a lot of microbreweries and what have you. And it has the uh, last remaining blockbuster video at last check. Uh, but uh, what I would say first is, you know, basically you're taking US 20, you know, east, you know, basically Oregon Highway 126, you know, veers off towards Redmond and Prineville, where, you know, basically that's where Les Schwab Tires started. And there's a lot of like data centers like Facebook and Google, I think, and you know, a lot of big tech companies, you know, they have a lot of da- data centers, uh, maybe Apple and Facebook, not necessarily Google. Uh, but if you're continuing on US 20, uh, you'll see mountains. Um, there's a way to pull over um, and see the three sisters in all their glory. Uh, the three sisters uh, were originally named Mount Hope, Mount Faith, and Mount Charity by Methodist missionaries. Basically, kind of like from north to south, it was like Mount Hope, Mount Faith, Mount Charity. Then you go through uh, Tumalo, and then you know, basically from Tumalo, uh, then you'll go into uh, Bend, which I was uh, mentioning that it is... A lot of, um, you know, basically goes, you know, the heart of Deschutes County. You have the Deschutes National Forest in the north, the Metulius River, which uh, if you're going to fly fishing, you know, that's a place you definitely uh, need to see. In Bend, um, you can go check out the uh, Pilot Butte, which is an old, um, I think it's an old uh, volcano or butte or something like that. And there's a road that goes right off from US-20 right up to the uh, summit. And uh, pioneers and, you know, basically old, other old travelers of yore uh, use Pilot Butte as a navig- navigational beacon so they can figure out their way around the Deschutes River. Um, of course, you can see from there, you can see um, the Three Sisters, as I was mentioning earlier, you can see Smith Rock, which is up uh, past Redmond and Terrebonne, Oregon. And um, funny thing about Smith's Rock is that um, I was asked uh, to have all my photos used for a photo uh, for a phone book there over about 10 years ago. So, uh, and I think this was in the waning days of phone books. So I'm sure someone actually has seen my photo in a phone book, but uh, maybe not. <laughs> uh, but you know, I basically can definitely see Bend from the um, Pilot Butte. You can also see Mount Bachelor. Um, you know, from there, you can also see Redmond, Terrebonne. Um, you can see, you know, basically bend around the city of Bend, you know, around you. Um, and of course, you can also, you know, stop at Blockbuster Video if you don't want to uh, head up uh, Pilot Butte. But I'd recommend doing both. And, you know, basically, if you have some extra time, grabbing a beer. Um, so there's a lot of microbreweries in town there. Um, but, you know, going east from Bend, um, you know, basically... That's where things just start getting, you know, a lot more wide open. Um, I know a little bit 
to the north of US 20. You know, basically, there are some of the alfalfa fields, and you don't really see them, but you know, they're there. Um, but driving Eastern Bend, basically, um, you'll go alongside a, a canyon for an ancient river. Um, it's like the dry canyon, dry river canyon, uh, which uh, drained ancient Lake Millican on its way to the Crooked River. Um, and as I was mentioning, uh, you, know, you can actually stop and you know basically get some pictures along, um, you know, basically US 20. Uh, as I was mentioning, there was a prehistoric river and uh, what happens ages ago, a river flowed across the high desert country in the Rocky Canyon um, in the area, uh, just to the north, US 20. Uh, the prehistoric uh, river uh, drained a large ice age lake that formed from blo the blocking of normal drainage in the area by lava flows. And the uh, lake covered a large area, basically, to uh, sit out towards Millican, which is actually a ghost town, um, to my understanding. And you kind of like see like an old, like Millican store on US 20. Uh, but during periods of high water, uh, the lake spilled over a low pass at the eastern edge of Horse Ridge, which is a ridge you can kind of see right off of US 20. And the escaping uh, water cut into the loosely consolidated lava flows, creating a rocky gorge. Uh, that's visible from US 20. Those later called the driver because by that point, you know, basically when humans discovered it, there was really no river, no river or water. Uh, but you know, basically, it drained. I said to um, Crooked River, which you know goes into the Deschutes River, which goes in the Columbia River, which goes in the Pacific Ocean. Uh, but you know, basically, you can see it. It's quite nice. It's definitely worth stopping for a few minutes. As mentioned, you can see, like, you know, past there, you can see the Millican store, uh, which is, and when I had drove past it, um, it was def it had definitely seen better days. It was definitely closed for years. Um, when I'm looking at a picture of it right now, it may have been last open when gas was under a dollar because I, they say gas sign, but it shows just the cent signs, not any dollar signs. So um, who knows? But, you know, basically that's you know something you can definitely see off of US-20. You know, basically you start seeing the um, landscape. Basically you start seeing, just seeing grass. You start seeing sagebrush, some mountains in the distance. Not a whole much, not a whole lot else until you get to Burns. Uh, yeah, basically there are some other things you can see along the way, like um, if you're, you know, into seeing things at night, uh, like the sky, this is one of my bucket list items is actually going to the middle of nowhere, like central eastern Oregon, and just spending a night under the stars, you know, basically away from nature, away from like civilization, away from anything, and just seeing, you know, how lit up the sky can become. Um you can't really do that in the Northeast um, so much because, you know, light pollution and trees. So, so that was, that's one of my bucket list uh, things that is not necessarily road related. Uh, but, you know, basically you'll also see, you know, basically as you're driving east, you know, as I was mentioning Millican, um, you also see, um, you know, occasional, other occasional settlement like Brothers and Hampton, um, which are in Deschutes County. Uh, but, yeah, basically going further east. Um, yeah, basically once you go start going towards Lake County, 
um, you'll start seeing the uh, glass buttes, which is you know, basically some buttes that are you know the distance. Um, and it is the glass buttes are considered an ideal spot to legally find obsidian lying on the ground. So if you're into you know basically collecting rocks, that might be worth checking out. Once you go east, you know, you'll start seeing um, the wild horse corrals for the uh, Bureau of Land Management um, as part of their wild horse program in Oregon. Um, and it's kind of a collection point for it. Um, and then you know, basically east of there, uh, you know, basically US 395 comes in around Riley and then goes towards Hines and uh, Burns, which was Burns was named after the uh, great Scottish poet, Robert Burns who has his own, like, Robert Burns Day, and he addressed a haggis and things like that. Uh, but back to US-20, uh, basically, uh, some of the other things that you might see along the way, as I mentioning the Harney Basin, which is, you know, some of the northwesternmost stretches of the Great, Great Basin. It's a land that's seen its fair share of skirmishes and battles. And on June 23rd, 1878, there was a battle between soldiers and also the uh, Paiute and Bannock tribes. Um, which uh, occurred near uh, Riley, about 24 miles west of Burns. He was 20. And that's around where US uh, 395 comes in. Um, later, between 1896 and 1906, Central Oregon was the site of armed conflict between sheep herders and cattlemen. That eventually led to the killing of more than 10,000 sheep and a number of people. Which I, but it involved uh, burning numerous ranches, sheep sheds, haystacks, killing cattle, and the largest slaughter of sheep that took place in the American West. So, US-20 kind of has a bloody history in this area. Uh, but going east, you know, as I mentioned, you can you know, basically into Hines, which is kind of an oasis of some civilization. Um, you know, basically, you can stop at McDonald's for a bathroom break uh, from there. Um, so that is uh, something definitely worth, um, you know, Noting, I guess. And, you know, there's some farms in the area. And uh, Burns is uh, known for the, uh, uh, basically to be the gateway to Steens Mountain, which is a 30-mile-long mountain in southeastern Oregon formed by a uh, fault block. And it is worth a detour to visit for both recreational enthusiasts and uh, geological historians alike. And, you know, there's a lot of scenery in there down there if you take... Um, Oregon Highway 205 or Oregon Highway 78, you know, you might see some farms, but you'll see a lot of Western scenery. You'll, you'll see, you know, Steens Mountain, um, scenic ways, and basically it's kind of a, you know, way to, you know, get down uh, US 95, then to Winnemucca, Nevada, and then I-80. So that's kind of a shortcut if you, you know, don't want to go through Idaho. Um, you can cut down and go through, um, down to Nevada that way. But uh, east to Burns, I mean, you'll notice from Ben's to, ben to Burns, US-20 is you know, basically a very straight road. I and mean, there's some turns, but it's straight, narrow. It moves very well. East to Burns, uh, the road gets a little bit more, um, you know, after US-395 splits off, um, you know, basically US-20 uh, for little ways, it you know, basically goes through. You know, a few, few farms here and there. I mean, uh, and then uh, past the old Fort, Fort Harney, uh, which is in the ninth largest county in the U.S. And Fort Harney essentially was a um, basically a part of a cutoff or 
uh, settlement. Basically, it was a way for people to try to get between. And like a Fort Harney was a stopover for people trying to get, you know, to and from cent- uh, Central and Eastern Oregon. Uh, but, you know, the road starts getting a little bit more twisty and, you know, east of there. Uh, you know, basically starts going through some mountain, you know, like some hills and what have you. Um, and then uh, from there, uh, basically you'll pass through uh, Gentora, uh, which is known for its hot springs. Um, so if you're into hot springs, then that's a place to go. And then you'll go through, uh, actually it was not Sweetwater Pass, it was Stinking Water Pass, which is the highest point in U.S. 20 in Oregon. Um, and basically goes through some barren volcanic hills. You'll see some wild horses. Um, and that's a lot of, you know, my understanding is a lot of, I mean, you do ha- obviously go through uh, some farms here, uh, Gentora, you know, basically it's kind of an oasis in a sense where, you know, basically, you know, there's some greenery. Uh, but from there, um, so you continue on US-20, uh, basically you kind of go through a narrow uh, river um, valley at this point, which is actually part of the, um, let me get that for you, uh, basically is a narrow river that kind of goes along with along the ways. And basically a lot of 20 will follow that out, um, you know, follow this river out towards, you know, Idaho. Uh, you know, basically you'll go through you know, it takes it out to Val, uh, which is in Malor County. And that's actually the Malor River at that point. Uh, when it, in Val, uh, west of it is not the Malor River. Um, but, you know, basically from Val, you know, so, and then meets up with US-26, which uh, US-20, in US-26, they kind of, you know, basically go, uh, you know, basically, you know, they're kind of, you know, traveling concurrently for a while in parts of Oregon and Idaho and also into, you know, Wyoming as well. Um, uh, maybe not, yeah. Yeah, basically. So that's something where US-26 is kind of a companion of US-20 through the West. Uh, but, you know, basically through you know, Nissa, there you go through Val, and then you have Nissa, which is... Um, basically a sugar beet area. Um, what happens in the, the Oregon Trail also uh, traverse the area around Nyssa and Val. Uh, but, you know, that part, you know, basically it's near the Snake River, um, which, you know, obviously there's a lot of irrigation going on. And the areas in the valley known for the agricultural production of sugar beets, onions, and potatoes. And the sugar beets, as I was mentioning, you know, that's, you know, you'll see that a lot. Uh, the sugar beet fields a lot around Nyssa. And in fact, Japanese Americans were brought into NISA to work in the sugar beet fields during World War II as an alternative to being sent to internment camps, um, which you know, unfortunately uh, was a, uh, you know, I want to say a dark um, moment in World War II. You know, basically, we you know, sent a lot of uh, people, you know, that of Japanese uh, heritage out to um you know, internment camps, and, you know, I see a lot of them around the uh, western U.S., uh, but that is U.S. 20 in Oregon and a bit of what it has to offer. Um, I uh, recommend, uh, basically, if you are looking to travel yeah, U.S. 20 in Oregon or any other state of passes through, uh, to check out historic uh 
us20.com. Uh, um, you know, there's a lot of information on that website. Um, and we also have a blog article on GribbleNation.org where you know, I had wrote about uh, US-20 through Oregon's high desert, although it was kind of going from east to west on uh, that one. So that is um, you know, a little bit of about what I have to say about that. Uh, once again, this is uh, Doug uh, from uh, Gribble Nation. Uh, thank you for listening to uh, this episode of the Gribble Nation Roadcast, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you for tuning in to uh, an episode of the Gribble Nation Roadcast. Uh, we hope uh, you get to listen to us again soon. Have a good one.